Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. sitting there for the last seven eight minutes being like oh where 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 is everyone why is there no show um i just didn't hit the go live button and so danny and i've been talking for eight minutes and then i looked and i was like wow there's like not a single comment that's weird um and then it was like oh i messed up so we're gonna do this again uh hopefully maybe it's even better the second time through uh i am dr mason west apparently an idiot and this is Danny, uh, not as giddy as me today, at least. Hi, I'm Firefighter EMT Danny Meehan. Ah, fun stuff. Good times. All right. We're going to jump right into it because we already kind of did this. Chart review, not a lot to talk about, uh, really, from previously. Um, Lions signed veteran pass rusher Bruce Irvin, bolsters their pass rush a little bit. You know, not necessarily something that's going to break the bank, but I'll. but it's something of note. Danny, a question you have no idea is coming. What was your preseason prediction for the Bears' record? I'm sorry. I'm trying to compose myself. It's too funny. Uh, I believe I had them at 7 and 10. I might have even floated them at maybe best-case scenario, getting to like 8 and 9. But it always felt like this. Like Vegas doesn't put a 6.5 win, win total out by accident, right? Like We all kind of knew if they were to get to that 6-7 wins – that's a pretty good, pretty good start. And the thing that's kind of funny is sitting right here, you know, the Bears are have what three wins? They're uh three and three, three and three in the last six. They're in a position where looking forward at the schedule, definitely harder on the front of the seven, the first four. Lions twice, Vikings in there, Browns mm-hmm. in there with a bye. Uh you know, if you sneak out of that with a win. Now, all of a sudden, the back end, those last three, you know, the Falcons are in there, the Cardinals are in there, the Packers are in there. I know it. the quality of how you get to those seven wins that you just talked about really matters. But if you got to six wins, if you somehow got to seven wins, does, you know, does that matter for you? Because in theory, there was you still got to your seven. Um, I think it should matter, especially when you're talking about the future of the head coach and the GM specifically, like, if you're like, I, it sounds bad. I kind of don't care about Tyson Bajan's wins. I just don't like, he does not matter for when this team is good again. At this point, as much as I believe that the bears, Justin Fields area is in hospice and we're just kind of waiting for it to end him being good and him being the one to win games and being the factor that makes it happen. That matters more towards them potentially being a winner than it does Tyson Bagent throwing for 110 yards in a win. And this connects to something that no one will directly hear, because this was when we weren't recording, so whoops. Um, you you talked about fan how you want a fan, right? Because like right now, 
there are a lot of people who are very much in full tank mode. There are some people who are in full, we can make the playoffs somehow mode. I mentioned I am in the, I'm in assess mode. I just want to see what's going to happen here because this current setup in terms of the offensive line, in terms of the receivers, in terms of the defense potentially progressing, um, they played some bad teams, bad quarterbacks, but in, but taking some steps forward and definitely with a better pass rush with Montez Sweat, this is arguably the best team that Justin has played with as a Chicago Bear in its current composure. So in theory, that matters, and the assessment of Justin from these seven games is, in theory, the most accurate assessment of him. I would agree with that. Like, And I also just kind of to re- re- recap what I said prior, fan how you want a fan. I just want to know when I'm allowed to openly root for wins again. Like not being yelled at. Not being you 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 want we want Eberflus bag, you want this. No, I don't. But I'm so sick and damn tired of every sport in this city being told it's time to lose. Because you need to we're, we're gonna do it again with the Bulls. Oh god, we're, yeah. We're getting ready to do the shit again. Like what when am I allowed to say it's okay to win? Because let's say they tank out, they bottom out, whatever this year, and they get Drake May for argument's sake with the number two pick. Because I don't think anyone's going to beat the, the the Giants to that number one pick. Oh my god! I look at the Giants' schedule. The hardest game they have, the only win they might get is against the Patriots, and that's not with Tommy DeVito. <laughs> and that, that was a maybe. The rest, it's like they play the Eagles twice. Yeah, they're just not good so say and i don't the reason i default to drake may is you're probably getting number two at this point and dayball is not taking drake may he's going to get the guy that has more superhero quality and that's caleb but say they start out one and four two and five next year with a brand new quarterback what what do we what are we doing then we're, we're going to talk about tanking to get more supporting help around drake may or my root my allowed root for wins because it means it's quarterback. And the other part about this is with the tank wins, you don't just stop tanking. You don't magically get good overnight. Right. It's not especially, a switchy It's especially not in this game where it's a violent physical game that takes a toll on your body. And you're actively telling this locker room, it's okay. That losing is okay. Is what you're making it. Is what you're saying. Like, and that's why I push back so hard against it. Like, I get it. It's does wins increase the likelihood that Eberflus probably comes back? Maybe. But I kind of just want to finally see some wins again. Like, I'm tired of this. And Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. And connecting to your Drake May point. So this is something that Kyrie, I had Kyrie answer for me. Uh, last week, so I'm going to have you answer the same question. We'll arbitrarily do this question as the season progresses. Uh, this is our triage, how them vitals, kind of a little check-in mentally with where you're at. Kind of, I get a sense of where you're leaning with this. So you don't get to explain yourself. You just get to give an answer, and then move. We get, we're going to move on. Um, and Kyrie was quite upset about that, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was going to be upset about it, too. Right now, you know, according to Tankathon, the Bears have the Carolinas pick, which is at number one, and then they have their pick at number five currently. Uh, you have the Giants at two, New England at three, Arizona at four. Right now, your GM, Danny Meehan, who are you taking at one? And in theory, off the top of your head, who are you taking at five without doing a deep dive? Without doing a deep dive, one, currently May, I would take above Williams. And at five, you said they're holding, right? Yep. Harrison Jr.'s probably gone. I'd probably opt to trade back. I would. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, that was our triage. Concussed corner. Uh, this is something we did not like from last game. A decision so odd that the decision maker must be concussed. Mine's pretty simple. It's just hashtag bear special teams. Just Amir Smith, Marset, punt return, touchdown. You can't let that happen. I mean, it's not like they actively did something specifically to cause that. But in a game where you're playing a – the one game on the schedule, maybe two, where you're playing a clearly inferior opponent, to let a punt return like that happen, like it's just, it's just ridiculous. And The ISM revenge game, man. It's, it just shows, I think, as a whole, 
the issue with what kind of what you talked about, you don't just turn tanking on and off. The problem is the team just isn't that good. You know, yeah. depth is an issue. So that means that you people you have is your gunners, the people that you have who are, you know, running down to make that tackle and punt are not as good as you would like. But in addition to that, it shows kind of the ineptitude of continuation of that, of the coach, mm-hmm. of the coaching, right? I mean, Hightower just, how do you let that happen? That's my corner. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to, that was going to probably be where I was going to just because you, they, they did so. Let's put it bluntly. Bryce Young left a lot of meat on the bone, as it were, missing open throws against a defense that, while it's turned a corner, is still not very good. Um, and you gave them points when you can't score. Like, that's the long and the short of it. And then, I, I mean, I guess I'll just def- default to Getsy. I don't know what it is about him where he finds something that works and immediately just decides, I don't want to use this anymore, so I'm going to stop doing this. It's maddening. Yeah. I, I like. I just don't know what it is about him. It's like, oh, well, we found out this worked. Ah, fuck, what's working? I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, here we go. It's almost like, and I think I actually said this last week. You know, it's not even. It's like he's trying to play 3D chess when all you gotta do is play chess, right? He's like anticipating, like, oh, well, they're gonna try to stop this, so let's like do what we would do if they stopped it. It's like, well have them show that they truly stopped it first, then you can try to do that. You know what's crazy about that is the guy that many people consider the best play caller in the league right now in Kyle Shanahan, when he finds out a play is working, he calls it religiously over and over until and over. you stop him. Like, it, like, at what point did like the kiss method go out of style? Like, Keep it simple, stupid. If it's working, keep doing it. But you know. And we'll do a quick break here. Talk about Achilles. It's time to talk Achilles ankle repair. The first thing to hit the ground when you play most sports is your foot. So why isn't your foot and ankle strength a priority for you? Achilles was created by founder Trey Villarreal and co-founder Eric Slosberg to give every athlete the advantage to perform with confidence and allow them to play at hundred percent, even after suffering serious injuries. It is trusted by collegiate and professional teams all over the nation. Achilles has been shown to increase muscle development by as much as 320% in the lower leg muscles. I use this myself for my personal ankle strength and with all my lower extremity patients. Often, transitioning from table exercise to functional movements and standing can be hard due to ankle weakness. Traditional bands are too weak, don't really do anything, honestly, and many standing balance exercises are too tough. Achilles bridges the gap by bulletproofing the ankles and knees. Achilles can be used for rehab, injury prevention, overall strengthening, so it's great for the clinic, the gym, or the home. doesn't matter if you're a basketball player or just someone who just rolls their ankle walking on the sidewalk. Want to see it in action? Head to their Instagram, Achilles underscore nation, or my own personal page, dr.westsportpt. Then go to anklerepair.com to order yours. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, time for our training room roundup, which is actually kind of a good thing this time around, which is rare for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, a good thing. And um, I know we're going to get to him, but I just want to touch on it. The Another indictment that I've noticed on this roster is, and, and I will always go back to, I, I will never agree with trading Roquan Smith. It just it never made sense to me. You paid, you didn't want to pay Roquan. So you traded him. You paid Tremaine Edmonds effectively what you would have paid Roquan. Maybe a little less. What, 18 versus 20? Okay, cool. He goes out. 
Jack Sanborn comes in, starts playing, and his presence is felt much more immediately and dramatically than Tremaine Edmonds had been felt all year. I just notice him on the screen more. What are we doing here? I guess, you know, it goes back to there's two main Sorry, things, I, I guess. It's just, no, it's, a, it's just, it's aggravating. And it's valid. Um, Adam Hogue talked about this last week on their pod. He was saying how he was upset that he never got to see Jack Sanborn play next to Roquan Smith. And I think that's a valid point because it's never got there, obviously. Because, but you didn't trust Sanborn, a draft free agent, rookie. I understand all that. Um, but there's like kind of two points that one, there's the whole argument about Roquan not fitting the system. And you can see that he went to Baltimore and has done a lot better. And there's a some validity to that, but at the same time, you got to keep your best players around and figure out ways to make them successful. If you can't make an all pro fit your system, your system probably your system sucks. sucks. And then the second layer to that is, and it, and it really shouldn't have gotten to this point, but it goes back to the whole, you know, not having an agent, the family fest message that went out. I mean, once, once that happened, I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily repairable, but it shouldn't have gotten there. I, it shouldn't have. And I maintain there's some level of whether it was Ryan Poles or whoever it might have been. Someone had some hurt feelings there. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because you didn't even get great vet. You got an end of the second round pick for him. For a guy who's an, a defensive player of the year candidate right now. And I agree with that. I think I would have hoped you would have gotten better, but to play devil's advocate to it, because I'm sure someone listening is going to do that. You know, oh, you're you're talking about a, a position that is not highly touted in linebacker. You're talking about you're not just trading an asset, but you're having to pay that player. So that's going to lower the pick that mm-hmm. you're going to get back because you know he's not controlled by the by the team, all that jazz. And that's probably why you got what you got. But caveat: Devil's Advocate, my Devil's Advocate, you traded away a high second round pick for Chase Claypool. You played trade away a high second round pick for Montez Sweat. Now wide receiver, edge are more are more highly valued. But you had to pay Montez Sweat. You had to theoretically pay Chase Claypool if you wanted that, you know, to long-term workout. So I just don't think there's anyway, as much so merit to that. I argument. didn't. I didn't mean to hijack training roundup. I just I saw it, him and I was just like, but it connects because you know with him not participating. And I did this last time um, with Kyrie. When you break down, essentially, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. When you break down like their tackles and tackles for losses in particular, like. Jack Sanborn's as efficient as he has been in that. And you're paying him about $800,000 per tackle versus your per, per game versus you're paying Tremaine Edmonds $2 million per tackle per game. It, the, the math isn't there. Now I said this last week, Tremaine Edmonds in theory also gives you a little bit more of the past game in terms of dropping back and this whole cover two thing. But like, like you said earlier, you notice Jack Sanborn in the game more often. Right. Like I had, I, I had one game where I felt like Tremaine turned the corner and he, he was here. And then he disappeared again. Yeah, it's – I mean, obviously, yes, you want your high-paid middle linebacker out there. But right now, I don't know that it's – are you missing him? And if you look at just at least box score stats, the answer is no. No, I don't think you're missing him at all. Uh, but overall, the team's pretty healthy. You know, Nate Davis is back. That's huge. Uh, so your line is going is uh, arguably the best line Justin has played with, which isn't again. I got some stats later, but we'll, we'll dive into that. Yep. Kyrie blasting game concussion back. That's huge. Just a from a football perspective, having your fullback there because now you don't need to have Tyler Scott as your fullback. I don't know why the hell I ever did that, but also just says you know concussions are scary. Uh, cool Herbert full participant. Jack Sanborn full participant. Terrell Lewis or Terrell Smith, excuse me, uh, full participant. Huge. Finally back from that mono. Nice to have that depth at corner uh, because he was, we were lacking it that secondary. And of course you have your rest for Mercedes Lewis, veteran rest day. 172 years old. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Lions, not too much to talk about. Um, the, the one that's kind of funny here is, I mean, Frank Ragnow was a full participant and then went to DNP. If you look, there's a little rest tag on there, so they should have their center. They're going to have their, I also just love the, the plethora of things for him. Toe back rest. rest. Just a, it's just a cavalcade of stuff. Like, yeah, he's fine. It's like just kind of old man injury, like the the full list there. Um, And this kind of stinks for the Bears in terms of if you're trying to have them win because the Lions did have have some offensive line injury was before, but now their line's healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so in terms of – I lost my mouse. In terms of the players that are out for the 
Bears. I mean, really, it's just going to be Jermaine. And so, and it's probably going to be Deontay Foreman too. I don't think Getsy has to wear. Yeah, I, he was a full. He's a limited participant, but I just don't think they have the wherewithal to keep him active. Like, and it it kind of goes back to when we talked about why he was inactive. Why why was he inactive? Everyone's questioning this because he doesn't play teams. Because he doesn't play special teams. Mm-hmm. And they drafted Brotron Johnson. They like what he does as a third down back, and and trust him as, as a pass blocker and things of that nature. And Deontay just doesn't have that. And I, it's just too hard with 53 people on your roster to have three running backs that don't play special teams. I agree. It just, for me, I think he's the best runner on the team and you're just going to be actively not playing him. And that's, it's, it seems like cutting off your nose despite your face. Like this is the thing we want to do well on offense, but we're going to take the guy who does it the best and we're just going to be like, eh, go away. So you'd have to like where would so if if you kept him active, are you keeping a fourth running back also active, or is there some other position that would be, hey, you gotta play some more special teams for us because we're not getting any from our running back? It would probably be the latter, right? You'd probably try to pull another safety or another linebacker to go play. Yeah, that's probably the way to go about it. I mean, I'm not the coach. I don't know. <laughs> um, knee jerk reaction. One hot take going into next week. Uh, get ready for a wild seven games is mine. Um, I don't. I think a lot of these games are going to be closer than people think. I don't think you're going to have like that Chargers blowout really for the rest of the season. Maybe, maybe the Browns game, but even that one, just because I think their offense is going to be kind of pedantic, it won't be necessarily a shootout. Um, from what I'm understanding, I just I don't. I just think Justin's going to have a very different back end of the season. Um, mine is similar to yours in that. I think the Bears may end up upsetting people because it's the NFL. I get we say any given Sunday all the time, but legitimately, I I understand the defense still isn't good, but they have gotten better, and you're seeing it week over week over week. Where They're just getting better. Like, eventually, Gervon Dexter's going to go get his first sack. It's going to happen. Will it? Will it truly? I feel like maybe Zach Pickens only played, I think, 13 or 14 snaps, but he looked good, especially in the run game in those snaps. Andrew Billings has got his new money, and he's a good defensive lineman. The overall line looks better since the acquisition of Montez Sweat, as it should. Like, they are going to mess around and win a game they shouldn't win. It's going to happen because – and it's just, you know, I'm here for it. Give me all your tears for these tank people. Like, I, I don't care. You want the higher pick based on Carolina. I want to watch winning football. I want to care about the outcome. Because where where I get is I don't root for losses. I just become apathetic. Like, just whatever. That Like, I've all, we're 11 games into basketball season. I'm already there. 12 games. Or just, I'm whatever. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to actively root for my team to suck. I just can't. I don't have that in me. Yeah. I would say I'm the same way. Uh, to be a perfectly honest, uh, mine is the current projected offensive line for the Bears. Uh, Jones, Jenkins, Patrick, Davis, right from left to right. And I said this is the best offensive line he's played with in the NFL. Um, I mean, still isn't like fantastic offensive line. I and mean, per PFF, the grades from left to right for these starters are 61.5, 72.0, 48.9, Lucas Patrick, gross, 55.6, and 63.1. Now so it's average. So it's average. It's, it's average. Yeah. So at least now you can sit there and say, okay, since it's at least average, and in theory, Justin shouldn't be running for his life. And, you know, can he get that sack number, which is about, I think, 12% sack rate down closer to what the Tyson Bajan had, which was closer to 3%. Can he, can he elevate when he has, because he has in theory the time, can he elevate the rest of the team or is it just more of the same? It's an excellent question, right? Because the thing he struggles with is digestion of what's in front of him. Tyson Bajant lives in the world he lives in because he has to. He physically cannot do things that Justin can do. He physically can't do things that probably 55 quarterbacks in the NFL can do just because he's so limited. He's not big. He's not strong. He's not. He doesn't have a great arm. He's not overly fast. To, to, to exist the way he does, he has to live a certain way, and it's threading a very small needle. And, and what is your uh, to be a perfectly honest? 
uh, to be perfectly honest, um, I think we're going to see the defensive line get better. And I think we saw that last week. And that's kind of what I was getting at with Montez Sweat. Like, I don't think Montez Sweat is anything more than a good, not great defensive end. But when you put him on a line that lacked any sort of real, even red chip player, like, he's going to be felt. And they have to focus on him. And it's going to make everyone else's job just a little bit easier. So to be perfectly honest, I think you're going to see the defense continue to improve specifically up front because of Montez Sweat. And now you're, you're left to right. Yannick Ngakwe, Andrew Billings, Gervon Dexter, and Montez Sweat is a representative NFL defensive line. Or even if you want to just flip out uh, Gervon and make him and, and say De, uh, Demarcus Walker is your de facto three technique on pass rushing downs. That's representative NFL defensive line play. Absolutely. Now we just got to start to get some of those pressures that Montez White himself is generating or helping others generate, translate into more hits Correct. and then ultimately more sacks. But hopefully the adage sacks come in bunches is true. Well, ain't this humorous? Something that we found quirky, funny uh, going into this game. Um, mine is if you don't throw down field, it's hard to win games. Apparently, fine, you know, funny enough. Uh, I used this stat last week, uh, but it's still important. So I want to highlight again, especially with the transition now from Bajan to Justin. Tyson Bajan is dead last out of 37 quarterbacks that uh, account for this stat. Minimum 83 pass attempts in the league and average intended air yards with 6.2. So he is, whether it's completions or incompletions, he's only averaging an intended ball in the air 6.2 yards. Justin Fields ranks 16th with 8. Justin also has a PFF grade of 73.6, which is good for 17 for out of 38, compared to Bajant, who ranks 31st out of 38 with a 57.4. That being said, uh, Justin is 26th in completion percent and 27th in expected completion percent. So, you know, you can interpret that as, A, he's not completing a lot of passes, but also based on advanced metrics, all those passes aren't really expected to be completed. You can take that as you will, you know, is Justin throwing bad passes from the get-go or he has not been put in a good position to make completions that it wouldn't be expected to. So all that being said, throw the ball downfield. Yeah. Uh, my ain't this humorous is kind of piggybacking off that of, I always go back to the, the, the movie clip from black Panther. This is your King. The thing that everyone talked about with Beijing was he protects the ball. He's going to get the ball out fast. He's got more interceptions than Justin does in less time and less attempts and less games. He turns the ball over more. And he when you're there's one thing you're not allowed to do as a backup quarterback. You're not allowed to turn the goddamn ball over. Exactly. It's not allowed. Like I don't care how quick the ball gets out. He, you're, great. He's getting it out in 2.6 seconds. It just means he's giving it to the other team faster. Like, yay. Like this whole thing of like, what are we? What are we talking about here with Tyson Bates? He's a nice story. Yes, dad's got a WWE persona. He's a world wrestling, arm wrestling champion. Cool. I don't care. He's not good. He's an NFL backup quarterback. And to find that out of out of Shepherd University is a hell of a find. And it just sucks because I feel like you, myself, Kyrie, we have to keep almost defending our take by saying, first, I'm happy for Tyson. I'm happy yes. to have Tyson. I'm happy for Tyson as a backup. Because it has nothing to do with – we're not anti-Tyson. There, there's no vendetta against him. But you can You're, look and see what he is. But when you constantly have to bring up Justin Fields' inadequacies when you mention Tyson Bajan, like the, you're telling on yourself a very certain thing about yes. your views on quarterbacking. I don't have to get into it. You know exactly what I'm saying. You are telling on yourself very specific things about you if the first thing you say is, well, Justin Fields does this too. I don't care about Justin Fields when I'm talking about Tyson Bajan. That's it. <laughs> you can analyze the two separately. Uh, what you need to know. So a little transition to more specific stuff for this Lions game. The Bears-Lions rivalry has been played 186 times with the Bears winning 104 of those games and Detroit winning 77 of those games. Uh, there's also been five ties. Last matchup, the Bears lost... Uh, this was back uh, January 1st, 2023, 41-10, to gross, uh, before the last November game where they lost. But that was only 31-0, and actually the Bears led 
for a little for a little while in that game. Uh, the Lions have the second most drop passes this season with 20. My big question kind of leading up to this for you, Danny, is does Justin Fields need to win one of these Lions games to be in contention any chance to be QB1 next year in Chicago? I think he absolutely does. And is like, it more than uh, one, or does he need two, or does it is one and I, one okay? I think, he, I think if he were to go one and one, that'd be fine. The, the Lions are the, the cream of the crop in this division at the moment. Um, I, I, I think Campbell's a solid NFL head coach and has made a lot of people that were laughing at him look a certain kind of way by getting Absolutely. by leading the way he does. He's goofy. He's a meatball. But for what lack of better terminology, what do you guys think football players are? They're a bunch of meatheads who run into each other for a living. Yeah, it's going to play pretty well in those locker rooms, especially because he genuinely cares about his guys. Um, I think it, it would really go a long way for him to, to win one. Uh, but what you need to know is you're going to see a lot of pass yards put up against the Bears, despite the drop passes. They, they put up points in bunches. Uh, the running back from Alabama. Jameer Gibbs has gotten a lot more run. Mm-hmm. You're going to see him a lot in the passing game. Jameis Williams, I believe, should be playing. Um, Khalid really Raymond. Disappointment I, still. It's wild. Oh, he's not better than he is. Huge disappointment. Um, St. Brown, Brown is going to catch his 14 balls. <laughs> operating out of the slot, operating underneath. I mean, that's exactly – He's going to run that slant right past Jalen. Jo- this isn't against a knock against Jalen Johnson. It's not against the, the way the defense is formulated. He's going to run that, you know, a slant even if he's on the outside against Jalen. And because Jalen has to drop into coverage, it's going to he's going to go right between that mm-hmm. window between the linebacker the the corner. He's going to make that catch, and then you're it's like, all right, how did he get an eight yard gain? It's like, well, because the, the way the defense is constructed right. is stupid. So basically, that's all I was getting. The, the need to know is you you can stop the run all you want against them. The Bears are still one of the five best run stopping teams in the league on a per per carry average but when you can't get home against the quarterback and third and 13 just doesn't feel insurmountable as it should especially with jared goff who is a legitimate nfl quarterback who is throwing to legitimate nfl weapons with one of the better offensive lines in football it's a recipe for you're going to have to score to try to win this game and one thing that i was really excited one thing that was really cool that I was so again listening to Hogan Johns today. Um, they had you know the the beat writer for the Lions on, and one mm-hmm. of the things that he said when talking about Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, was that when Ben Johnson took over for Anthony Lynn, um, he sat down, went back, watched a lot of tape for golf from the Lions, from the Rams, etc., and created an offense that he felt fit what golf does best kind of music to your ears because what you in terms of what you talked about before Danny right we currently have an offensive coordinator that doesn't really do that for for Justin in particular right doesn't cater to what he does best mm-hmm. and so one of the things I'm watching what you might need to know as a Bears fan watching this game is Ben mm-hmm. Johnson could be your head coach of the future depending on how things shake up here in Chicago so kind of watch for what he does calling plays for Jared Goff and how he caters to Goff also probably has my favorite run game in the league to watch because there's nothing that's off limits. They will run anything and everything related to running the football, whether it be power, duo, zone, inside, outside. It's it's awesome. We're going to move on to our love it, hate it, rehabilitate it. Uh, so something that we love about this matchup for the Bears, first line, something we hate, and something we would re-rehab. Danny, what do you love? Uh, what I love is pretty much what Justin could offer in terms of the fact that he is just a more – more gooder football player than Tyson Bajant is like some of the stuff he should be able to do. I just want to see them do the things that we know work like, and it sounds so dumb to keep preaching this, but it's like cut the field in half, run them on boots, get them out and like call designed runs here and there. Like, especially because as good as Aiden Hutchinson is, he's not like this kick-ass win off the line. Like, pass rusher he wins off of effort and the fact that you need to that he like keeps coming he keeps coming he keeps coming like he's not just blowing by his man and just getting home on the quarterback right away that's not his game it's not how he's built it's i just need them i love how he could potentially match up against this defense because the detroit defense isn't particularly good and he's he's made them pay in the past before 
I, I just we just need to see it, I guess. Uh, my love is the the story, I guess. Uh, for one, it's just been boring <laughs> covering the Bears the last, for the last couple of weeks here, um, and yeah. and potentially moving forward. But at least right now, there's still for me, there's a little spark of okay, what if? Because now I'm wondering what can happen. You know, again, you have four tough defenses, but at the same time, you have players, you have coaches, you know, playing for their jobs. Nothing to lose. It, it could turn into a very fun story. I'm just, I'm willing. To, I'm just excited to sit back and see what happens. I guess. I'm with you on that. Could be fun. Um, my hate. So the Bears' defense has been better lately, as you said. Over the last uh, weeks, five through ten per True Media Sports, the run defense ranks first. The pass defense ranks nineteenth. The total yards is sixth. Third down percent is twelfth. Explosive play percent is first, and total team defensive EPA is fifth. So overall, those are pretty good numbers, except for maybe the pass defense. But I still hate this pass rush versus this old line. Um, mm-hmm. The Bears have the lowest pressure rate in the NFL at twenty-seven point nine percent. The the lines. The offensive line is really solid. They're just good. They they maul you in the run game. They give golf time. They do not allow a lot of pressures. So you know, unless something drastically changed in you know changes, I'm still wary of if they can put enough pressure on golf to to rattle him. Uh, that's pretty much where my hate would be too. Just any ability to get home and wreak any havoc in the passing game. Like I'm not worried about them running the football. Like I'm just not. Like, because especially with Sanborn, they are better at stopping the run than with Tremaine. It's just, I don't know third down feels insurmountable when you just can't get home. And it should be better. It should be. Montez, I I think it's looked better with the sweat. But someone still has to get there. And... It's just not yet. It's yet to be seen in any sort of regularity to start. We'll believe it when we see it, kind of thing. Yeah, seeing is believing. Exactly. Um, I rehabilitate. Um, actually, you already already talked about this, but you know, deep throws off play action. I want more motion. It's such a static offense, and then moving the pocket. Um, yes, the offensive line should be better, but let's create. Let's create windows. Let's create easy reads and. You know, use that the play action after the run game. You know, establish that run, which they've shown you don't need to establish a run for play action to work. But you have a good run game, so you might as well parlay off of it. I agree. The rehabilitated, like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, it it is the pass rush, but I don't know how you do that sort of just overhauling it with more talent, and that can't happen until after the year. Um, So, yeah, I guess I'll just – duplicate what you would say because I'm going to keep coming back to you. You earn the right to rush the passer and this defensive front just can't earn that right. Cause they're not good enough. Yeah, it seems for people who listen to us consistently, I know it sounds like we talk about a lot of same stuff, but that's because it continues to be a problem. <laughs> and so it's hard to talk about anything else when your password still is not what it needs to be. Right. Um, X factor for the Lions, what the Lions need to do to win this game. There's a lot of different things for this. Uh, for me personally, I, this is my make Danny upset section. Uh, for the, <laughs> This is a uh, takeaway Cole Komet. Cole Komet currently ranks oh third in average separation and third in the league in completion percentage. PFF has Komet with zero drop passes, and the Lions rank seventh worst in fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They also rank 21st in yards per reception allowed to tight ends with 10.31. So in theory, cool. this, this could be the Cole Komet gets another two touchdown and helps upset the Lions, and Danny can't make his heat balls on the ground joke. I mean, I'm still going to make the joke. <laughs> I'm still going to get my jokes off. But you, you know what? I will say this. As someone who is an avid, I don't want to say hater, but uh, an avid. No, hater's fine. You can say hater. <laughs> critic i'll say critic of of cole he's better than i ever thought he was and as someone who is very much in in love with the draft process and what goes into it and doing my own evaluations and stuff like that that you can hear right here on windy city gridiron like you always want i never want a player to fail you always want these guys to exceed above and beyond you try to just be measured in what they are. He 
never looked to me to, to be that great a player, and he's far exceeded anything I could have imagined. Credit to him. That's awesome. He's one of the eight to ten best tight ends probably in football at the moment, and he's being paid as such. No issues on my end. I'm still going to rag on him when I get the chance because it's my brand at, the, at this point apparently. But, yeah, good for you, Cole. Shut me up. <laughs> it is funny because you do watch sometimes when he runs some of his routes. Like, he's not as explosive as you'd want, right? I mean, but at the same time, it's tough. I feel that we've gotten as a football society that we've created this standard of the the Kelseys, the the Kittles, the even like maybe like a Sam Laporta type, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you can go to this draft and look at a Brock Bowers, when, and you're when, like, that's um, our the, tight end. When um, the fraud that is Arthur Smith decides to use Kyle Pitts. Oh, God. Uh, don't even get me started on that. Hopefully they continue and to I, play that fucking spot. I was, I was such a big fan of the Arthur Smith hire, and this guy just seems to be a fraud. Just at every moment. His running concepts are beautiful, but he forgets to use Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, he forgets to use arguably the guy who's already the best running back in football. Oops. Um, oh, wait, what was your X Factor for the Lions? Uh, it's Amon Ra. Just, he's going to be open, and he's going to catch 173 passes this weekend. He's <laughs> literally, like, the, the worst kind of receiver for this Bears defensive play. Yes. And he's a the other part about it, he's a good, hard blocker. He doesn't take plays off. Like, he's always on the field. So... Oh, and we get we get a uh, the the Saint Brown love fest of Equinemius and Amon Ra. Wee! Except one is really really good. The other one is going to last in the NFL forever because he does all the little things right to hang on the bottom of a roster. <laughs> uh, why don't you keep going? X factor for the Bears. What, really? <laughs> We're doing this? No. Um, X factor for the Bears. DJ Moore. You've got one of the 10 best receivers in football. Use him as such. Spam him. I don't care what you do to get him the football. Just make sure he's involved. And don't forget about him. Don't don't go full getsy and just and when something's working or someone's getting targeted and it seems to be working, just forget about it because that's apparently just what you do. But yeah, he's my X Factor. If you want a chance, um, I think you really have to heavily target DJ Moore. My X factor is building off what you were talking about, um, pressure for the Bears, pressure the damn quarterback. You know, Montez Sweat had seven pressures versus the Panthers, which is tied for fourth among all defenders in Week 10. Detroit ranks 17th in average explosive pass rate and 13th in average explosive run rate. So, you know, they're right. They're not the most explosive team, but they can create explosive plays on you. And the, one of the ways you can limit that is by pressuring the quarterback. Jared Goff ranked seventh in expected completion percentage with 66.7 and eighth in passer rating with 99.1 of the year. The Lions also rank fourth best in sacks allowed with only 4.68%. The teams that are better than them, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Miami. So surprise to no one, if you protect the quarterback and you don't take sacks, you win football games. And so Weird. Crazy. The other part that I want to mention with that is what makes Goff life easier I know it's easy to get caught up in David Montgomery being the former bear. The thing he's actually probably best at is catching the damn football. Like that's where he added his most value. Even last year, the bear, they've got two running backs who are arguably their best trait is catching the damn football. This isn't going to be easy for the bears defense. Like, just like why you said, you gotta get pressure. You gotta make golf uncomfortable. Absolutely. Over unders. So yeah, we're transitioning to the part of the show, we're just gonna pick a bunch of fun stuff. So over under Justin Fields total yards three hundred. <laughs> Let's go full fanboy. We're doing it. Go over. He's going over three hundred. Over. Lock it in. Love it. Uh. David Montgomery scores with a FU celebration to the Bears, 0.5. So basically, he does, he does something after he scores that kind of is like a – you should have kept like – Like a dig at the Bears? Yeah. I'll say over, because they're especially because I think Campbell's going to try his damn just to get him in the end zone. Yeah, right. Every, what was it um like last week where the 49ers like actively, even though it didn't make sense for like the game script, were like, we're going to get 
Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey his touchdown for the to get, to get that record, but they, they just couldn't do it. Um, I would see Campbell kind of do the same thing. Like they could be up by two and be like, I don't care. We're <laughs> two touchdowns. Like, I don't care. We're still going to get Dave Montgomery touchdown. Um, so Dave Montgomery rushing yards over under 100. Under. DJ Moore targets eight. This is kind of how I feel about like when when I wasn't so apathetic towards the Bulls, like with the Zach Levine three point attempts. Zach Levine should have been shooting 10 threes a game. Like just get him up because he's your best, he's one of the 10 best shooters in the NBA and it's changing the math equation. You should be targeting DJ Moore 10 times. No questions asked. Every game. I don't, Every game. No, however you need care. to do it, get the ball in his care. hands 10 times. I don't care how. But they'll probably do it like seven times. I'll say under. I want to be wrong about this, but. Detroit Lions turnovers forced 1.5. So you're saying the, so the amount of times they get the Bears to turn the ball over? Correct. Over, just barely look at two. Gross. Justin will probably give them one, and they'll probably cough it up somehow. Um, Aiden Hutchinson interceptions, 0.5. None. Zero. Under. <laughs> just my little nod to last year. Yep. Oh, I know. I know. Um, Montez Sweat sacks. I used to say 1.5 because 0.5 seems silly because it was like that lame, but now I have to do 0.5 because he still doesn't have one. So Montez Sweat sacks 0.5. He gets his first as a bear. Yeah, let's do it. Mind you, though, he's going to have a really hard matchup. He's going yes. up against Penne every play, and Penne is one of the four or five best tackles in the game regardless of side, right? Like, am I out on an island saying that? Like, no, I mean, he's great. <laughs> he's freaking awesome. Speaking of Don Burr, Penny Sewell breaks a sweat. No idea what, what that even means, but just because you said Penny, I figured I'd throw that out there. Uh, game predictions: Bears at Lions. So it was point. Oh, sorry, it was minus nine Lions, but it has moved since yesterday to seven point five. Mm-hmm. What you got? I think the Lions win, but the Bears cover. When I think it's nine. Be- I thought it was an easy cover. I just think you know, not easy, but I thought it was like I was more confident. Still mm-hmm. think they can. I mean, like, I, I also just numbers. I mean, how? I feel like the last three times we, I think, I feel like every time we talk about this, though, then the line seems so big, and then like something like the Chargers happens, and you're just like, great, fun. This is fun. I'm having fun. I, yes, you're 100 correct on that. I, my caveat is the the Justin Fields versus Bajan thing. So hopefully, more more scoring power. The the Bears match relatively well with what the Lions do well. It's just not the. It's just really the St. Brown underneath stuff that scares me. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you've said though, I mean they've continued to disappoint over and over and over again. Um, I'll take the Bears to cover. Yeah, I'll take the Bears. Um, Bengals at Ravens tonight minus three point five. Uh, Bengals without T Higgins. I genuinely think that the Ravens are the best team in football right now, despite last week's performance where they kind of laid an egg. I think Lamar is going to be a very, very hard man to keep away from his second MVP. Um, I think that the Ravens are just – they're going to win. I think they might actually blow them out. Wow, blowout. Uh... I'm, not calling, I'm not calling my shot, but they, I would – what I should say is – I would not be shocked if the Ravens just run rough shot over that. I mean, I, I would pick the Ravens to win this as well. Like, also, I'll take you know the over three point five on that. Um, Lamar is just doing Lamar things this year. Like, if you're someone in fantasy football that happens to own one of their receivers, Isaiah Flowers, an OBJ, a, a Bateman, you're not super happy with their production. Yet the Ravens are seven and three. So, like, Lamar is making things happen, regard even though his receivers are not necessarily getting the job done. Uh, Cowboys and I mean, Panthers. Panthers are sorry. Cowboys are favored by ten and a half. <laughs> it doesn't even. Oh God! Cowboys cover. They'll win by like two touchdowns. Like, especially after last week's performance, where Dak kind of gave the middle finger to the world, right? Like, yeah. and Ceedee Lamb is clearly establishing himself as a legit, like, irrefutable number one wide receiver at this point in his career. Um. And the, the 
Panthers just aren't good. They're I mean, a we, really we saw that bad firsthand in that Bears yeah. game, right? Like, and the Bears and the Bears are a bad football team. To be clear, the Bears They're are not a good football team. team. They yeah. settled for field goals. The Cowboys don't settle for field goals. The Cowboys have a really good defense, and they have much more explosiveness currently on offense. This should be a blowout, Cowboys. And I feel like. I just want to touch on it. I feel like Brandon Cooks is someone we forget how good he is all the time. Brandon Cooks is a legit NFL wide receiver. You just forget like, because he's traded every year. <laughs> this is true. Like, he, he is. It's just I don't – there's something off there where – I don't know maybe if it's just, just what, who in the locker room there's something weird or what. But like, Maybe he's just a you, pain in the ass, yeah. Maybe. Like, I don't know. But he does produce. I'm looking up his numbers right now because I don't want to be talking like this. And yeah, he's got 26 catches for three touchdowns and 340 yards, averaging 13 yards a catch. Like, that's fine. Yes. Totally acceptable. For your wide receiver, two, three, however you want to put them. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Steelers at Browns. So this line has moved. It was Browns minus four, but now we got the Deshaun Watson shoulder surgery news. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Uh, Browns oh, yeah. are still favored though by one. You know, I'm not sure there's a better coach in football right now than Mike Tomlin, despite his weird, like rapport or willingness to keep a guy who clearly is not an NFL play caller. In Matt well, Canada, does Matt Canada have like some like something on Mike Tomlin? Like how is he not some fired? Sort of, some sort of voodoo magic? I don't know. I don't get it, but. That is the definition of the standard is the damn standard. Yeah. Like, and I don't know how Tomlin does it. I don't know what the Steelers do, but that defense is otherworldly again. They're doing enough on offense to, to keep them floating around. I think the Steelers went outright. Uh, Cardinals at. Especially because, oh, 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 the Tomlin stat. Tomlin stat. Rookie, ru- rookie quarterbacks are 23. Or, or no, Mike Tomlin is twenty three and eight versus rookie quarterback starting. DTR is the starter in Cleveland. Oh, DTR is starting. DTR is starting. Oh man, we're not going to get the PJ Walker revenge game later. No, no PJ Walker revenge game, barring a change of heart. And you and I, if you go back to our uh, draft assessment, some of those videos. I mean, you and I both drafted drafted DTR um, at one point. I mean, we thought he would be a great backup for Justin, and so he can play. He's a solid. He's a yeah, solid he's, guy. he's got he's got some stuff to be excited about. Um. Oh yeah, Cardinals at Texans. Texans favored by five. Feels like too big, especially because I think Kyler Murray is back, and Kyler's I think back. James Connors back. Connors back. I think it's a weird place to be at, where it's like Kyler. We it's like Kyler went away, and we forgot how good Kyler was. Like this guy was an MVP candidate a couple seasons ago. Like we just need to remember that Kyler is still a really damn good football player. He is the the taste of the that last year before he got hurt is just left in a lot of people's mouths right now. Uh, right. But you have to remember, like, oh. look at the whole, not the small. Well, Cliff Kingsbury's a raging imbecile. So, yeah, absolutely. And then lastly, if you notice, there's a trend. It's all the teams that are kind of uh, in contention for that number one pick. Giants at Commanders. Commanders favored by nine. With how the offense has been playing and Sam Howell looking like he's maybe taking a set to be a starter in this league, which I think is like he'll probably – I feel like Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield are like the Spider-Man meme where they have a lot of the same similarities and a lot of the same weaknesses. It's just that they got him with the fifth-round pick and not the number one overall pick that the Browns used. Raise your hand if at the beginning of the year you predicted that the league leaders in passing yards would be Sam Howell, C.J. Stroud, and then Tua Tungabailoa. Oh, and then Jared Goff at number five. Just Jared, just, oh, Jared Goff. Ooh. So, yeah, I I think that the the commies might cover that actually. He's playing. He's actually better than I thought. But yeah, so I, 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 again, I want guys to be good. It's just when you're being honest in your assessment, you you have to say things. Yeah. To keep yourself, to keep your thoughts out there, kind of thing. A coccyx and bull story, our bold prediction section. Uh, I'll rattle off my offense defense. On defense, uh, Bears nearly matched their 
most sacks in a game that with four. The Chicago Bears have their most sacks in a game. That was back against the Commanders with five. That, a lot of that was in garbage time. I think they get four. Um, that's my bold prediction. I don't think they actually get four, but whatever. And then on offense, Justin throws and runs for a combined 365 yards. Oh, my. This would, oh be, five, my. This would be five yards more than uh, than his previous high, which against was against the Broncos in October. Okay, wow. Um so my Cox is bull story. I think this offense sorely missed Khalil Herbert and they, he got hurt right as he was hitting his stride. I don't know how many carries he's going to get, but from my understanding, you would know probably better than I would. From my understanding, his ankle is fine. He's good. Like he's totally a hundred percent. Like they kept him out last week because of the short week. Right. Yes. So to my understanding, he's totally 100% like beginning of season. Good. Yeah. So I he's going to broach 100 yards on the ground. Okay. So that's my bold prediction for that. Um, defensively, Tyreek Stevenson gets his first pick. Does right? he also get three pass interferences? Yes. And then he, but, but he's going to keep doing his sword celebration even when he doesn't do anything. <laughs> And, and we're joking around. Like, I like Tyreek Stevenson. He's got – his skills are good. It's just he's just too handsy right now. I need you to stop getting pass interference and roughings and all that other stuff. He, he does like to be grabby. Very grabby. And we're and near the end of the show here. Offensive player of the game. Uh, for me, it's – I'm going to kind of switch up a little bit. I'm going to say Khalil Herbert. I originally had DJ, but I'm going to say Khalil Herbert. You convinced me. I think that yeah, he is very important to this run game, and they will He's have to get leave. like five carries, and they're going to forget about him. Oh yeah, exactly. Because we put it into the universe to win this game, you have to have to have to lean on that run, right? And you talked about that earlier. All right, what do you got? Uh, offensive player of the game. Um, I'm I'm going to stick with my my bold prediction. Same thing as you. I think Khalil Herbert is going to be the guy if you want to win this game because you're going to you're going to have to play the ugly old school football ball control and run the ball defensive player of the game i have jack sanborn just tackle machine Same God. Keep it, <laughs> if you're this team is pretty good at yards after catch right like you said dumping the ball to uh one of the running backs whether you're talking about Gibbs or Montgomery in the backfield so limiting that's gonna be huge we talked about Amon, Amon Rossi and Brown some of those you know shallow crossers, slams, things of that nature. Can you rally and make the tackle? So I think that's going to be imperative for the Bears to win this game. Jack Sangod. Uh, I'll go with the the obvious, easy, low-hanging fruit to kind of piggyback off your Coxus and Bull prediction. Um, Montez Sweat, like, I think he's going to make his presence felt again. He's easily running away and hiding as the best defensive lineman on this team. And I and- think he's he's finally going to get his first sack as a bear. He's going to allow other guys to maybe get home. I'm feeling like a DeMarcus Walker one from like the three technique position. I don't know why. That'd be great. I mean, coming off the last year, the Titans, he had a bunch of pressures, a bunch of sacks, and he just, well, he's going to take, take advantage of freaking rag now with his toe and back problems. Toe, back, rest, old man injuries. Yeah. Lastly, King of the North. We got, I mean, it's the Justin Fields section, right? It's the Justin Fields <laughs> section. It has to be. I mean, if if they had any chance to win this game, and not even just win the game, if they have any chance to look like a team that belongs, it's got to be Justin. Yeah. I mean, the, the easy one would actually probably be to say King of the North, it would be Jared Goff. Like, that's the answer. But, we're, you know, Mason and I, you've said it up. You, we've said it a bunch of times. First, the funeral. Last, first, the party. Last, the funeral. Like till the wheels fall off, kind of thing. And if yeah, if you happen to follow me on Twitter, I'm going to be insufferable if Justin looks good this game. I'm. It's going to be a bunch of I told you so. <laughs> it's going to be you know how to, you know get get on the you can't get on the bandwagon. It's too late. Like I've I'm a ride or die with Justin he's, until it's literally. What Mason is telling you is he's a mean girl. You can't sit here. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Hey, if you're if you don't hate me at my worst, don't be at us with we're at our best. Uh, <laughs> anything else you have before we get out of here? Nah, man, it's coming to the holiday season. We're getting ready to, to 
to decorate and everything for the for the Christmas season coming up. We're actually a little late by our standards. Normally we're up like November fifth or so, but same. We're hoping Sunday morning to put up our like outdoor stuff and to get our tree up. Yeah, so we've got two trees. We got the, the slim like toothpick tree that we keep over here, and then because we have the nice big vaulted ceilings and stuff, mm. we got a twelve. We got a twelve foot tree that we hang that we put up too. Um, yeah, that's what we got for today. Um, not really sure what next week's going to look like. Obviously, Thursday when we normally record is Thanksgiving, so I'm not. I like y'all, but I'm not recording at five o'clock on on Thanksgiving. Um, maybe sneak out like a pre-recorded thing or something here in the morning because uh, I do want you to have something for the preview for that for the game that week. Uh, but it's not going to be a live show at 5 p.m. I will be doing other things. Um, but until then, bear down. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.